Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1 this morning. I uh, got something I want to talk to you about today, and, and tonight is really important tonight. Uh, it's just uh, the way this world is heading and the direction this world is heading into, we got to make sure that we're ready. Because I do believe we're living in the last days. I do believe the things that's going on in this world, and the Bible says you'll have signs. And we're seeing the things that are happening, what's going on in this world. So I'm going to give you some things this morning, but I want to give you some stuff tonight that's going to help you anchor down. and Get yourself settled in. That no matter what this world goes through, no matter what this world throws at you, you're prepared. You're ready. I, I'm looking forward to that day. I'm telling you, I am looking forward to that day. Uh, my body is hurting. I have pains. I have aches that I didn't used to have. I've got all kinds of things going on. I'm looking for that day that I can lay this body down and pick up that glorified body and don't have to worry about it no more. I'm looking forward to that day. But until that day happens, we live in this world, in this flesh. 1 Peter chapter 1 this morning. Let us stand for the reading of God's Word. Let's look down at verse number 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is being brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust and your ignorance, but as he which have called you his glory, so ye be holy in all manners of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you're called of the Father, who without respect to the persons, just according to the every man's work, past the time of your sojourning, here in fear. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord, this morning, Lord, of all that you do. We thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love. Father, we just praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen, we pray. It, it doesn't take you long if you read the first couple of chapters of 1 Peter to realize that uh, he's talking to Christians that under persecution. He's trying to encourage them in the midst of their trials and persecution. And the theme of the whole chapter, First uh, uh, Peter, it would be the suffering of the Christian life. These are some Christians that suffering. They're suffering at the hand of the oppressing government. Uh, they, they, that hates their God, hates their Jesus, hates the gospel. And Peter is trying to give them some words of endurance and encouragement. The first thing he's trying to encourage them in the verse, first two chapters is that these new Christians, they can endure with, because of what they have inherited of their faith in Jesus Christ. He starts right out in chapter 1, uh, in verse number 2, calling the elect to the foreknowledge of God. We do, not, we do realize this morning that no one is simply arbitrarily elected of God saying I, 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 I want to be saved I'm, I'm lost oh, they're saved they're lost they're in they're out no, we know that it's not right when he talks about the elect it's always dealing with the foreknowledge 
of God, God being God, looked down in time and knew what would happen and who would accept Him and who would reject Him this morning. And almost most of chapter 1 and 2, Peter uh, rounds the uh, thought of this salvation has produced uh, and, and what salvation has given these converts. Do you realize when you get right down to it, one of the best things that you can get a hold of is when all things come crashing down, the world's throwing everything at you, the, uh, that you've been saved. You get a hold of that, uh, you have been saved. I know heaven is my home, God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior. The world cannot take what God has given me. Now they can take a lot of things, but they can't take Jesus from me. And the devil can shake up a lot of things in my life, but he still can't take Jesus from me. I may not always have my health. I may not always have my finances. I may not always have my family. But if you've been born again by the grace of God, saved by the grace, called to the Lord of salvation, the world, the devil, cannot take what he has given you this morning. Peter tells them about redemption. Something they have gained under that umbrella of salvation. Chapter 1, verse number 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from the, your father's but with the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without blemish and without spot. I, I love the words that have the T-I-O-N in it. I love those on the end of them. And that's under that umbrella of uh, salvation. Words like redemption, words like justification, words like adoption, words like sanctification, reconciliation, resurrection, regeneration. All those things fall under that umbrella of salvation. If you've been saved, you got that from Christ this morning. That word redemption means to be a ransom or to be delivered from bondage, distress, penalties, liabilities of delivered from the pressures, uh, oppression of another. That's what happened when you got saved. You was delivered from that depression. You was delivered from that bondage of sin that the world had on you. You were delivered from the penalty of the law, which is death. The liability of sin from the oppression of the devil. There's nothing like laying your head down at night, knowing that when you've done all that you do, you lay your head down at night, resting and sure that something happens, you are belonging to Jesus Christ. There's nothing that had that comfortable rest at night, don't have to worry or fret about what's going on or what's happening in the world. I can lay my head down at night knowing that I belong to Jesus Christ. No matter what happens to me, I'm on my way. Peter says, I want you to understand something. Being baptized does not save you. It does not cleanse you. Peter is real quick to tell us in chapter 3 that water does not put away the filth of the flesh. 
There's only one cleansing agent to, that can wash a heart and make it white as snow uh, and put a sinner in the family of God. Uh, and that's not your good works. Uh, that's not the Ten Commandments. That's not being baptized. That's not joining the church. But it's by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. He said, because of salvation, we have this reservation. Verse number four. He said, to inherit incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth away not, reserved in heaven for the elect, for some. Well, who's uh, it's reserved for you, those who are born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because I have been saved, I now have a place in the many mansions of God. Listen, you don't get a place until you get to a, a place in heaven until you get up to a place of salvation. Nobody ever gets a place in heaven until they have a place in their life where salvation came into their life. Everybody talks about, I, I want to go to heaven. That's good. That's great. I want to go to heaven. That's fine. But tell me about the day that you got saved. God spoke to your heart. God made a change in your life. Tell me about that day. A place where you know you bowed your head and gave your heart and life into Jesus Christ and trusting Him this morning. I'm glad to report to you that I know beyond a shadow of doubt that my name is recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life in Heaven. Uh, we, we sing those songs. Uh, 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 I love Jesus. Uh, I, I do this. I, I love those singing those songs that uh, when we all get to heaven, we don't just sing them. We mean those songs when they sing those songs. I love knowing that my name's written down in glory. That no matter what this world throws at me, no matter what happens, my name is recorded there. There are some people who say, well, I hope I go to heaven. I, I'm sorry to tell you, if you're hoping, you ain't going. I don't have a hope so salvation. I, I know some that say, I hope my good works outweigh my bad works. No, that ain't going to happen. Well, I'm, I'm playing, praying that I get in, no. The deal has been done, it's been signed, my name has been signed on the uh, uh, register of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a mansion, the title's been clear, and it's mine. I know, I know without a shadow of doubt that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm looking forward to it. No matter what this world throws at us, no matter what happens in this world, I know I'm going to heaven. He talks about redemption. He talks about reservation. But look at verse number 17. Now here's the message this morning I want to give you this morning. And if you call on the Father who without respect of person judges according to every man's work. Look at these next three words. Past the time of your soul journey here in fear. Peter said there should be a reaction in your hearts because of salvation. It's not just giving God giving us something. It's God giving us the Holy Spirit, the power to live in this wicked and lost world for Him. Here Peter gives us a reaction of being saved should be this morning. He used a common everyday saying, pass the time. 
What do you do to pass the time, sir? What do you do to pass the time, ma'am? Well, I'm just sitting here passing the time away. We've all used that. We've all come that. But Peter is saying, hey, uh, when you pass the time, he said, when, as people of God, we're commanded to pass the time different than when we were saved. Amen. See, Peter said, your passing of the time now should not be the same way as you passed time before you got saved. Paul said unto them, redeem the time because the days are evil. Listen, we're not just stewards of the truth of God. We're not just to take God, care of God's truth and word he's given us. We're not just to be good stewards over the treasures of our money God has given us. We're not just to be good stewards over the talents God has placed in our life. Every one of us, if you're saved, are called to be good stewards of the time that God has given you. I have no idea how much time I have. I don't know how much time you have. Everybody is passing time in this life. And as a child of God, we are to pass whatever time God gives us in our sojourning, heading to a country and a land that is further than today. We're to pass our time wisely and correctly. I find in these verses that Peter gives us the recipe of what our reaction to salvation should be. You realize as a Christian we should have some purpose with our time this morning. A plan with our time. There should be preparation in our time this morning. Our time should be filled with praises and the power of God. We are somebody heading somewhere, working for a king of kings and a lord of lords. Uh, what is this said is so many Christians are just passing time by casually, not thinking about eternity, not living in their life in the light of eternity is coming, not living their life in the, knowing that they're going to stand before God one day. Not realizing they're going to stand before the one that saved them and brought them and redeemed them. They are living aimlessly in this world today. They're living without direction today. They are living with no goals. They're aiming at nothing and they're absolutely hitting nothing. This has been on my mind, facing death. We have faced death here in the last couple of months. We've gone through that recently. How am I spending my time? I want to be a good steward of it. I want, Jesus said, say, well done and good and faithful servant. I don't want to be ashamed of his coming. I don't want to have to hold my head down in shame and say, I wished I had preached more. I wished I had prayed more. I wished I had loved more. I wished I had forgave more. I wished I had done this and done that for him. I want to be able to hold my head up and say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I've done everything that I could to pass my time by wisely. So how should the people of God be passing their time by this morning? If you're saved, you do realize that we should pass the time differently 
than when you were lost. Peter said we should not be acting like we did before we got saved. Oh, that's something right there you need to get a hold of. We should not be acting. Whoop, you should not be acting the same way you was when you, before you got saved. When you tell me you've been born again, you came and you gave your life to you. You should not be acting the same way. You should not be going to the same places. You should not be hanging out in the same places. He said you should be acting differently as a child of God. So what is it that we need to be changing our life to redeem the time, to live our time wisely, to pass the time while we're sojourning in this country, heading to that country? What do we need to do to make ourselves ready for that? Peter gives us the recipe here. I believe if you get a hold of it and put it in your life, I believe you'll get a hold of it. He says you need to be stayed ready. You got to stay ready. We got to stay ready. He uses this phrase in verse number 13. Wherefore, wherefore in the light of the fact that we are saved, in the light of the fact we are heading as to, to a reservation and going to meet the Lord. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, I know that don't mean much to you in this year of 2022. That don't have a lot of impact on you. So what would that would have to do with me? I, back in the Bible days, uh, they wore a gown that was long flowing ground, gown, and it went all the way down to the ground. Uh, but when they had to do something, when they had to do some exertion, when they had to do some uh, movement, that they had to run or in combat, what they would do, they would take that garment and they'd roll it up and fold it up, and they usually have a big thick uh, le- uh, leather belt on, and they tuck it up under there, and they would make sure there was nothing flapping around, nothing moving around or going around there. So that everything they do, there was no hindrance in them. You say, what's that got to do with me? He said, gird up the loins of thy mind. Peter starts out saying, this is how we're to be ready. Talking about girding up the loins. He is not talking about garments in our lifetime. He said you have to gird up the loins of the greatest battlefield that you and I face every day. And what that battlefield is right here between your ears. You need to gird up the loins of your mind. That is the greatest battlefield that we'll ever fight. He said gird up the loins of your mind. Listen to me. Your mental attitude is one of the main aspects of a Christian life. If your mentality is bad, then the output is going to be bad. Amen? We've got to get our minds on the right way and stay ready to fight this fight that we're fighting. For the glory of God, while we pass this time, we've given Him the glory. We cannot afford to let our minds drift off in the places that should not be. We cannot afford to let our minds drip back to those days that we're lost and, and what it will be like to be back in that day. We can't afford to let our minds get back there. We cannot afford the days is too short. The time is at hand, the Bible says. We cannot allow our mind just to float around in our days, although I've seen Christians that condition. Dwelling on the filth of this world as a child of God. We are to pass our time making sure our mind is squared away because we have a duty at hand to do. 
for God. That battlefield, the mind, every child here, uh, the biggest obstacle that you'll find in your life is between your ears this morning. You're going to fight it every day of your life until you take your last breath and Jesus comes and takes you home. Your mind is going to be a constant warfare with sin. Your mind is going to be a constant warfare with discouragement. Your mind is going to be a constant warfare with depression. Your mind is going to be a constant warfare with self-pity. It's going to be a constant warfare with pride. It's going to be a constant warfare with lust. It's going to be a constant warfare with thinking the wrong things, listening to the wrong things, doing the wrong thing. It's going to be a constant warfare that you face in your life. Isn't it amazing the greatest battlefield that you have in your life has all the worst instruments attached to it? <laughs> your eyes. You're always looking at the wrong things. Your ears. You're always listening to the wrong thing. Your mouth. You're always saying the wrong things. Wouldn't it have been great if the Lord just said, you know what, I know that's going to be the greatest battlefield in their, it's their mind, so I'm going to take their hands, their arms, and eyes, and ears, and I'm going to put them farther away from them so that they can't get in cahoots with each other. Because sometimes I'm having to fight my mind because what I see, what I hear, and what I say. We have to, it's a constant warfare going on today and we're battling that in our lives because we're Christians and we go against the world and the things of the world and we're for God. We've got to stay ready for the course. We find only two things that gird up the loins for. One is for running and the other one is for fighting. It is our course of combat this morning. It's impossible to run a race with all kinds of loose ends hanging on for you. Can I say that in a way that you'll understand in the Christian walk this day? It is impossible to run a race today with all the baggage that you're carrying around and trying to weigh you down. You cannot run that race. It's what he says. You've got to get everything tight. You've got to get rid of things that you don't need. Uh, those things that are hindering you. Those things that are causing you to drive back, uh, pulling you back. You need to get rid of those things. When somebody will run a race, especially in the marathons, what's going on in the things now, uh, in the Olympics, they would strip down to the bare minimum. And I do mean bare minimum. So that would, there was no hindrance in them running. There's nothing to drag them down. There's nothing to pull back on them. So they got freedom. That's what we, he's trying to tell us today. You got to get rid of all the stuff in your life if you're going to run this race. Unhindered. Listen to what I'm telling you. This race is not a sprint. It's not a sprint. I've seen many Christians come in, get saved, say the same, praise God, and they sprint, and then they gave up. You know, when you sprint, that means you're using all the exertion, all the enemy energy that you have at a fast pace. But this race is a marathon. You got to set your pace. I understand. I may get sick. 
I may fall down. I may, uh, people may even pass me by, but I'm still running. I'm going to keep my legs moving. I'm looking towards the Christ. Uh, I'm not going to stop back. I'm not going to get up and I'm not going to get back. I'm not getting on the sidelines. I'm staying in the race. I'm going to run this marathon. I'm going to keep going. I'm not looking back. I'm not going to let nobody hinder me in the marathon, a race that I am heading for Christ. Amen. I, you know, no, no one of these people in these Olympics, these marathon runners, not near one of them got to that start line and said, you know what, I hope I make it. I, 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 I hope I can really go through. And, and there's probably some, well, I, I, I know I'm going to make it. I, I know I'm, I, I have been doing things I need to do. Not one of them got at that start line said that. Everyone that got to that start line said in their mind, I am going to run this race. I'm not going to let nothing keep me. I'm not going to let nothing hinder me. I am running this race. I'm t- people may pass by me, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep running. I'm not going to drop out. I'm going to lay out. I'm not going to go to the sidelines. I am going to run this race. That's what we need to do. As a child of God, you're going to make your mind up. I'm at the starting line. The gun's done sounded. I'm running this race, and I'm not letting nobody hinder me in my run. Keep going for God. Peter said, you got to stay ready because we've got to make it to the finish line. you got to stay ready. If you're going to make it to the end, you've got to have the right mentality. Like I said, I may get tired. I may get thirsty. People may pass me by. But I'm going to keep my feet moving to the cold. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to give up. Christian life, if you're going to live for God, it's not a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Just go ahead and make your mind up right now that you're not going to quit. You're not going to get to the sidelines. You may get knocked down, but you're not going to stay out. And I'm not getting out because the decision has already been made. You've got to make that decision ready for combat. He said you've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. We've got to stay ready because we see what's going on in this world. Then he said you've got to serve reverently. Verse 14. As obedient children that's not the way we were before we got saved Paul said we were dead in trespasses and sins children of disobedience children of wrath this ain't what we used to be something moved in and gave us a different desire to obey God there are some people that you look at their life and say what in the world happened to them I know they say that about me. What happened to him? Now they want to obey God. Now they want to go to church. Now they want to read the Bible. What in the world happened to those people? We do it because we're a child of God and we do it reverently. Look what he said. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. If we're going to serve God reverently as obedient children, we've got to serve Him with the right fashion. And I'm not dealing with the way you are dressed right now. 
That's not what he's talking about here. The word fashion in this text means conformity. It means a pattern. Something that's been cut from. If we're to serve reverently as obedient children, there must be some conformity to Him. We must transform ourselves to be looking like Him. To this book, we've got to look like this book. Not conforming to the old lust. If you're saved this morning, there should be a heart cry in you to be more conformed to Jesus than you are to the lost world. He said that old lust that we were ignorant. Listen, you ought not to be ignorant no more. You know what that word means? It means lack of knowledge or awareness. Listen, Christians, you, you, ought, to be, you ought not to have the, the desire for liquor anymore. There shouldn't be no liquor in your refrigerator since you've been born again. That's what happens when you're ignorant. You can't keep watching those things over and over and, and saying, well, I was ignorant. No. You can't keep walking that same old path that you walked when you, got, when you was lost and undone. You're serving a new God, a revelant God. You can't keep walking in that old path. And this is one of my biggest pet peeves, and it's mostly with women. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> Amen. But I, somebody tells you they're saved. Born again, washed by the blood, calling Jesus their Savior. I'm on my way to heaven. And yet they'll sit there and cuss like a sailor. I have a pet peeve with that. I've worked around plenty of women in my lifetime. And let me tell you what, most of them could cuss like a sailor. Don't tell me that your life is this way and then you don't exhibit it in your lifestyle and the things you do or where you walk at or who you hang out with. Don't tell me I'm on my way to heaven and you're sitting at home throwing back a six-pack. Don't tell me that. Amen. Are you saying drinking is bad? The Bible says no drunkard shall enter into heaven. Amen. Cussing is bad. The Bible says put away that fickle loot in your mouth. He said get rid of that stuff. You mean I can't look at somebody and lust at them? You're right, you can't. There's got to be a change in your life and we got to live reverently for God and you cannot do it saying you're a child of God still living your old past. There's something happens when you get saved. Something moves in. And all that old stuff should go out. The places you hung out with, the people you hung out with, the words you used to say, the things you used to do, it has to be changed. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. Does that verse describe any part of your life? Come on now. Does that verse describe any part of your life this morning? As a Christian, if you can't, if you are passing the time correctly, there ought to be somewhere in your life, something in your life you're saying, I'm holy in that. 
I, I struggle a lot of things, but I know I'm holy in that. Be ye holy, for I am holy. I am holy in that. I, I struggle with a lot of things in my life, but there should be a place in your life as a Christian called by God that you have been holy in in your life. There should be a place. Well, I know people ask you to go party with them. You shouldn't. I've heard Christians say, well, I really don't want to hurt the feelings. Yeah, well, God didn't call you to go out and party. He called you to be a witness. Maybe you ought to witness them. They say, hey, come on, let's go party. No, why don't you come to church with me? Let's go to church. You say, well, I try, but I fall. Let me just say this. Try for 30 minutes to be holy. Try for 30 minutes. Don't, don't tell me the 30 minutes you'll sleep. The 30 minutes that your eyes are open and you're walking in this world. If you can't make it, then get back up and try again. And if you do make up 30 minutes, to hey, you know what? I made it 30 minutes today. I'm going to try for 40 minutes today. Next day, I made it 40 minutes. I'm going to try for an hour. You keep doing that over and over, and you keep saying, I'm going to be holy in all aspects of my life. I'm not going to say the words I shouldn't say. I'm not going to think the things I shouldn't say. I'm not going to watch the things I shouldn't watch. I'm not going to go to places I couldn't go. I'm not going to hang out with people. If you keep doing that every day, more and more each day, it won't be long that you're going to be walking around like, man, I'm a changed person. And not only will you see there's a change in life, those around you is going to notice there's a change in your life. Why? Be ye holy, for I am holy. We, we, gotta, we serve God reverently. You can't serve God reverently while you're still living in your past and trying to do things for God. If we're going to live reverently, we've got to get on the right foot. Chapter 2, verse number 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere miracle of the word, that you may grow thereby, if so be ye have taste that the Lord is gracious. For the last 30, 35 minutes, I've been, I, that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been telling you about the Bible, giving you some practical applications on what the Scriptures have said. If you are a saved individual, you like that. You, if you're saved, you like this book. As newborn babes, the people of God like the sincere milk of the Word. It helps us to grow. Saved people like the preaching. Saved people like to read the Bible because it helps them to be obedient children. We are to live reverently for God as a child of God. We are to stay ready in this world as a child of God. Then we got it, he said in verse 17, sojourn here in fear. We're sojourning respectively. If you call on the Father who without respect of the persons judge according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. Now the word fear in the text means we have a healthy fear of the Lord. We got a healthy fear in walking knowing that one day we're going to stand before him. The word sojourner means a person dwelling in a strange land. So that doesn't this have to do with the passing of time. 
where we're passing the time heading for a city of God, we are sojourners, knowing that we are in a foreign land and we are able to do with the reverence of God in this world. Now, how does that help us live for God today? It helps us through trials of life. It helps us through trials of life. Chapter 1, verse number 7. The trial of your faith being much more precious than the gold of perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Do you know what sojourning reverently and respectfully to God, you know how that helps us to live for Him? We're going through trials. We go through them correctly because God, I know, won't, won't let me down. I'm going through that trial. It, you know, we always seem to make our trials about us. We, it's all about us. It's not all about you. How we feel. Lord, you know what I'm going through. Lord, you see what I'm facing. You know what I'm dealing with. But then sometimes, instead of that, we ought to just turn around and say, Lord, I'm going to go through this trial because I know you're going through it with me. I'm going to face this because I know you're going to face it with me. But it says sometimes we say it's all about us. And he said, this is what he said, that it might be found unto him praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. If you, wish, if you would just put your head down and keep serving God in the midst of your trials and whatever comes your way, you know what turns it into? One day Jesus shows up and he turns it into praise and honor and glory for him. Because you, what it says, the Lord will be able to say, that child really loved me. He really cared me. Not because what I gave him, but because who I was in the midst of his trial. They served me. So many Christians give up on God in the midst of their trials, what they're facing and what they're going through. Lord, you didn't deliver me, but God delivered you because you're still here. You just couldn't see him. You didn't open your eyes. You thought it was all about you. But you know what? In the midst of some trials, Jesus just wants you to hold your head up and say, Praise God. Because you know he's with you. You know what trials do for us? That reminds us that we're not from here. This is not my world. This is not my home. I am convinced the reason why God allows us to go through a good number of trials in our life is so that we quit looking and longing for this world and keep looking and longing for that world. If your trial made you look and long for this world, then you got the wrong thing out of a trial. In the midst of your trial, you ought to look up and say, Thank you, Lord. I know that you're with me, but I'm longing and I'm still loving and I'm still serving because I've got a place I'm heading to. It helps us with our transit. The word sojourner is a person that is passing through. That person is not staying. That person, <laughs> He's passing through, heading for somewhere else. And I love that. 
You can call me sojourner all day long. This ain't not my world. This is not my home. I'm just passing through. We sing those songs. I just don't sing them. I mean it. This is not my home. I'm not locked up on the things in this world. I'm not grabbing a hold of things in this world. I'm not putting my faith in this world. My treasures are not in this world. There's nothing in this world. In fact, this world has done gone plumb crazy. This is not my home. <laughs> I'm passing through. You know, in the wilderness, if there was any wilderness, they pitched tents. You know why they pitched tents? They wouldn't stay in there long. Just when they got to the other side of the promised land, that's when they built homes. I'm just pitching a tent here. My tent pegs are not drove real deep. I want to be able to pull them up in a heartbeat. When God says, come home, that tent is coming up out of that ground, I'm headed home. If I got my home built down here and he calls me, I might not hurry him when he calls me. This world is crazy. And if you start looking and longing for the things of this world, you're crazy too. Are you crazy today? I'm not crazy. I'm not looking and longing for the things of this world. I'm looking and longing for the things of that world. My treasures are laid up in heaven, though. Where my treasures is, that's so my mind shall be there, too. I'm thinking about heaven. Heaven's on my mind here lately a lot. I got heaven on my mind. We've gone from church of choice to gender of choice. Amen? And we call this home. We call this home. You know, it's just not in the United States. It's worldwide now. Worldwide. And as a Christian, as one that knows what God says, you ought to start paying attention. What's happening in this world, not just in this country, in this world, God's getting ready. God, the, the wheel has been turned. I, I, I truly believe. That's why I'm saying we need to get prepared. We need to be ready. Our minds need to be set upon Him and not the things of this world. We need to be ready. We need to be serving God reverently. You need to be passing your time wisely. Not just idly pass your time away. As a child of God, God has commanded us to pass our time wisely. What does that mean? Pass my time. Well, should read your Bible. Should go to church. Should witness. Hand tracks out. Tell people what it is. That's passing your time wisely. Most of us go home and sit down. That's how far as we go. We don't get out. We don't go. We don't tell them. We don't do anything. We're just idly passing time away, waiting for that day. But he said, no. You need to pass it wisely. How are you passing your time away? What are you doing? What are you doing to let people know that you are a child of God? What are you saying? What are you telling people? It's easy to go home and tell yourself I'm a Christian. The hard thing is trying to convince people out there that you're one. And if you have to try to convince them that you are a Christian, then you immediately ought to go back in the mirror and check and see if you really are one. So you should be different. And all the other world in this, people in this world, you should be different.